Today we're going to take a second look or a deeper dive into this theme that we first looked at last week, trust and deny temptation like Jesus. And last week we looked at Matthew 4 and it was the great battle between the devil and Jesus and the three temptations that, that Jesus faced. And we looked at how the devil, I did a little word study about Diablos, the devil, and how that could be understood as the splitter, how the one that tempts us, the evil one, the devil, is the splitter that's trying to split us off from a relationship with God. Battle, temptation, the test of Jesus, and Jesus trusting in God's word. Jesus, last week I showed how Jesus used God's word to deny uh, temptation. And my opening illustration last week was I had this umbrella. I popped it open on stage. There's a big gasp. Popped this umbrella. And I said, you know, it's like holding on to God's word is like being protected under this umbrella as temptation sort of rains down. So I always like the feedback I get from different messages. And some people said, oh, I really never thought about the devil as the splitter. That was really helpful. Uh, And then I also had a number of comments Um, And people said, as soon as I opened that umbrella, I looked a lot like Mary Poppins. (laughs) And I was constantly reflect on this. I was like, so yeah, Mary Poppins returns. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, denying temptation to Mary Poppins. But in this battle to deny temptation, I said, yeah, it's like an umbrella. God's word protects us. But I said, you know, it's also like being in this great, battle. And like, I thought of Aragorn. And so I thought of Mary Poppins and Aragorn. That's why I put them on the screen together. Aragorn, he's the hero out of Lord of the Rings. Um, And I was thinking about how temptation is actually a lot like a battle. And one of the reasons I love Lord of the Rings is because it's such a great story about a battle between good and evil. And I saw that in the Jesus' temptations with the devil, Jesus, the battle of good and evil. And I think uh, each of us, as we battle or we struggle with temptation, are actually in a great battle where the splitter is trying to split each of us from God. And, I, and uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this phrase up on the board that... Uh, Originally, I um, saw, I think it was Dallas Willard who first said something like this. But every person you meet is fighting a great battle. And when I think about the things that tempt us, the things that are, um, uh, that are waging around in us, uh, every one of us is fighting a great battle. But not like Lord of the Rings where we're fighting uh, Sauron, um, Our great battle is around a battle for your soul. It's a battle for your soul. And the evil one is trying to win you, trying to separate you, trying to split you off from God. And that is the great battle that you're in and that I'm in and the people around you are in. And sometimes when I 
think about people and I talk with people, I meet with people, when I see them as someone who is fighting a great battle, that it gives me a different kind of sense of compassion for them. They have struggles that, that, that you and I don't know about. You have struggles that I don't know about. But when we can recognize that each person that we meet is fighting a great battle, this great battle, same that Jesus battle, gives us a greater sense of compassion and love and, and, and encouragement for each other. So now today specifically, when we, we're going to look at, again, at this whole sort of passage uh, where Jesus and, and the devil are sort of battling it out in temptation. Well, what I'm wanting us to do today, last week we looked at this passage in detail, what I want us to look at today is sort of what's going on with temptation to help us to figure out how we might further uh, deny temptation and trust God. How might we be able to be successful in this test when we run into it? So the first reflection I want to share with you guys is this one. It's up here on the screen. Do not be surprised if you battle temptation after spiritual victory. And if you're taking notes and you want to just sort of like underline something or like just like you want to remember this by one word, you might remember after. And sometimes the greatest battles we have are actually after a great spiritual victory. You can have an incredible time of growth. Like Mo was sharing about going on gleanings. Might be a mission trip. You might join for the GRX retreat. You might have this great discussion in your life group and you really feel like God has opened up some stuff for you. You learn some stuff. It's usually right after something like that. Some great experience, some sort of spiritual growth that we are often then attacked. You might be thinking, wow, I just came off this great experience, mission trip or this retreat, and you don't feel like anything can touch you or harm you. But actually in the battle of temptation, that's actually when we can get attacked the most. Now, now this is actually what happened in Jesus with Jesus in this Matthew passage that we looked at. Because last week we began reading in Matthew 4, and we'll read that a little bit. But I'm going to actually back up a little bit in the end of Matthew chapter 3. And we're going to see this great victory that happens, and then it leads right into the temptation of Jesus. So, yeah, that, that's great, Andrew. You can put that on the screen. We'll go ahead and read this. This is Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It goes right into chapter 4. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, coming down to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, with whom I am well pleased. Right? Like, this is Jesus' baptism. And it's like, oh, the heavens opened up, and the dove descends, and the voice from heaven says, This is my Son, with whom I am well pleased. Yeah, I know, that didn't sound like God, that sounded like Gandalf. But anyway, <laughs> but, but, so... 
But this is an amazing thing. This is like a real high point. The affirmation of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That's what happened. And then chapter 4, which we looked at last week. And then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted or tested by the splitter. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, meaning I know just a few verses back, we read that you were the Son of God. I know that not too long ago, the heavens opened up and God confirmed that you were the Son of God. But, hey, if you are the Son of God, see how the splitter's trying to doubt? It's attacking him. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to be loaves of bread. And then Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what word came from the mouth of God? That you are the Son. So Jesus remembering, Jesus remembering what happened, not letting the splitter, the evil one, try to create doubt. Did you notice that? That this temptation for Jesus came right after this great spiritual victory, this great season, this great moment of affirmation. And so why? Why is Jesus attacked? Why do we get attacked right after a moment of victory? Well, the evil one comes to steal and to destroy. And when the tempter is coming and attacking after a time of victory, it's because he's trying to steal or to destroy the good work that God is doing in your life and in my life. He's trying to steal that away. He's trying to remove that from you, trying to create doubt out of this time. You know, retreats are great. Mission trips are really great. But if you've ever then had a really big battle after what I'm talking about, then, then you know. You come away on a retreat, you're driving home, you get in this big fight. You go on this mission trip, you have this great time, you get home, you're so excited, but then you get in this big argument with people. Right? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And a lot of times it will happen right after spiritual victory. So I just want you to know that. I want you to be aware of that. So there's a second thing that comes up that, I, that we also see in this passage. And I just want you to be aware so you're not surprised if you um, are battling temptation this way. So number two, if your battle with temptations are increasing, you are on the right track. If your battles with temptation are increasing, you're on the right track. I kind of thought of this cool little rhyme. If you're under attack, you're on the right road. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're on the right track. If you're under attack, you're on the right track. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, all right. I'm pleased with myself, I guess. All right. If you battle with temptation, if your battles with temptation are increasing, if you're under attack, you're on the right track. Now, this might seem counterintuitive, 
because you're thinking, well, the more mature I am, the less I should struggle with temptation. The more mature I am, the more Christ-like I am, the more, the more uh, stronger I am, the less temptation should bother me. But when I actually look at the life of Christians, and when I look at the life of faith, when I look at the journey of faith, it doesn't work that way. It's actually the closer you are to God is when the devil, the evil one, will try to split you off all the more. That's when you'll become under greater attack. Mother Teresa is perhaps in our generation one of the people that's considered to be the most amazing person, the most amazing Christian, the most amazing woman of faith. And as a young woman, she felt an incredible union with God and a a deep calling to give her life to acts of compassion, serving among the poor. She began the Sisters of Charity, which is a, a movement, a collection of nuns who are serving all over the world. You know that Mother Teresa, as she got older, she experienced her greatest battles. This came out in a book that she had, uh, that was a collection or a compilation of her letters. And this book is called Come Be My Light. And it came out actually after she had passed away but letters where she was sharing about her own experiences. So as Mother Teresa grew, as she became more and more recognized for her work among the poor, as the Sisters of Charity were doing more and more engagement to the marginalized all over the world, it was then that she was having her greater battles. And in in some of these letters that she was writing uh, towards the end of her life, she, uh, she writes this in one of her letters, and there's a, the quotation will be up on the screen here. She writes, where's my faith? My God, how painful is this unknown pain? It pains without ceasing. I have no faith. So many unanswered questions live within me. I am afraid to uncover them. If there be God, please forgive me. Now, I hear this and I go, this is the prayers of a saint. This is someone who is grappling with their faith, who is very close to God. Their life is lived out in a way of compassion, very much like Jesus, but also under incredible attack right? God, please forgive me. It's the same thing that the evil one was doing with Jesus. If you are the son of God, trying to create doubt, and this is, this is Mother Teresa, grappling with doubt, grappling with doubt, this temptation for her. This is the same thing that happens with Jesus in his spiritual battles. In his battles, as he goes through the temptations, what I see is that they increase in magnitude and in tactic. See, because the first temptation that we looked at was, can you turn stone into bread? Yeah, you're hungry. You're weak. You can do this. 
But if you read the next two uh, temptations that Jesus experienced, as they go on, they increase in strength and magnitude. Just like the temptations will increase in strength and magnitude for people who are walking with God. So Matthew 4, 5 to 11, the rest of the temptations say this. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. And here the evil one is using scripture. His tactics are increasing. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said, it is written, don't put your Lord, your God to the test. We looked at that last week. Don't manipulate God. Don't test God that way. And then look at this. It's ever increasing. Then the tempter took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. This is a big temptation. This is a big temptation. And he said, all these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. When we talk about how temptation is a test, it is a test. Will we be faithful to God? Will we be obedient to God? Will we submit ourselves or yield to God? If you look at the life of Jesus, and you see where he was going, at the end of his life, what was his greatest test? It was the cross. The cross was Jesus' greatest test. It didn't happen at the beginning of life. It happened at the end when he was at the height of his powers. That's the direction. So if you are under attack, you're on the right track. You know, if you're not on the right track, if you are not getting closer to God, you don't have a real relationship with God, the evil one's not going to bother with you. He doesn't need to waste his time on you. Why would he try to tempt you if you didn't have a relationship with God in the first place? You're already split off from God. He doesn't need to bother with you. The evil one will tempt you because you have a relationship with God. He'll try to split you off from God because you have a relationship with God. And so as we go through life and as we mature and as we grow, as we're successful in our Christian faith, the temptations will be stronger. You know, this, this past weekend, and this is everywhere. As just, this just jumped off the, the screen, I was watching this. Um, over this past weekend, uh, Naomi Osaka, does anybody know that name? Naomi Osaka, she won the Australian Open. She is, uh, when Monday, when the, number, when the rankings come out for women's uh, tennis, th- uh, she will be ranked number one. This is the first time ever uh, a tennis player, uh, a woman tennis player from Japan has been ranked number one. She, um, she just won the Australian Open this past weekend. The other uh, major that she won before, the other Grand Slam she won, was the U.S. Open. And so she's really one of these rising tennis stars. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. 
But I was thinking, um, temptation, it's a lot like playing in the Australian Open. Any tournament is like this. You start in the round of 64. If you play sports, you know this, right? If you win in the round of 64, then you get to the round of 32. And then 32, if you win that, then you go to 16. And 16, you win that, you go to group of eight, the quarterfinals. And then you win there, you go to the semifinals. You win there, you go to the finals. This is a grueling match that she played. Three sets over two hours. When you play in a tournament and you win and you're victorious, does it get easier for you or harder for you? It gets harder. The earlier rounds are easier. And the more victorious you are, the harder and harder it gets. The tests become more challenging. It's true in the work environment. When you start in your workplace, the responsibilities that you have are just kind of, you know, are here. But if you're successful, you get promoted. More responsibility. The tests get harder. Your responsibilities become more. Your leadership challenges become more. And you're more successful and you get promoted again. And you get promoted again. It gets harder the more successful you are. Academics, it's the same way. Some of you guys might have just gone through finals, right? It is easy in kindergarten. <laughs> you just be like, oh man, Woo, how'd you do? Oh, I got a C minus in nap time. <laughs> oh, that's rough. It'll get better in first grade. You got spelling in first grade. Like, it gets harder. First grade, second grade, junior high, high school, algebra trig. You got to take summer school, calculus. You go on, college, it gets harder. It gets harder the more successful you are. Here is the good news. Here is the good news. That God is faithful and you will not be tested beyond your ability. God is faithful and you will not be tested beyond your ability. This is the last passage I want to show you guys. This comes out of 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13. It's incredibly encouraging. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. That means be aware. That means be aware. If you've been walking with Christ for a long time, just take heed of this. This is how temptation works. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man or to women. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. So just in terms of summary, Andrew, can you flip back to this slide that was just before this when it had all three of them? The uh, three things I just want you to take away, just so that you understand what's going on with temptation. The one right before this, Andrew. Can you flip it back there? Um, First of all, after. Do not be surprised if you battle temptation after a spiritual victory, after time of growth. Don't be discouraged by that. Actually, just remember your spiritual victory. That's what Jesus did. It's by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
Remember your victory if you're tempted right after, uh, right after that. And then number two, increasing. If your battles of temptation are increasing, you're not on the wrong track. Don't be discouraged. You're actually on the right track because the splitter is trying to split you off. And then the third thing that comes out of 1 Corinthians, God is faithful. You won't be tempted beyond your ability. God is faithful. And even then, if you're tested and you fail, we have the cross. And Jesus forgives us. He knows. That's why we have the cross, because he loves us. And so even then, if we fail, God forgives us and he loves us. So don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged by temptation. You're on the right track. You're on the right track. Let me pray for us. God, I give you thanks that you were tempted and you know what it is to be tempted. God, I pray that we would be a community of faith that would not be discouraged by temptation, but would see it for what it is, that we are on the right track with you. God, I pray that your word would be true, that we would not be tempted beyond what we're able to handle. God, you are faithful and we trust you. We trust you to provide for us. May we be a community that trusts you more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.